New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com Wednesday night Dynamite So dynamite It's awesome It's a dick, it's a dick, it's a dick Hey everybody, have a great time I'm not one of these f***ing goof podcasters out there I am Don Tony Wednesday night, Dynamite! What's going on, everybody? Good evening, and welcome to episode 21. Wednesday night, Dynamite. I am Don Tony here as always. Much love to everybody tuning in, whether you're live or you're on the download. Wow, what a great night for pro wrestling. NXT excellent. Maybe some matches were a little bit too long, but AEW, I got to tell you, I don't know if it's because um, the show's just ended less than 10 minutes ago, but I thought this episode of uh, AEW might be the best one yet. My favorite one so far. From beginning to end, it really was smooth You didn't have too much garbage. I like some little tweaking that they're doing, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about NXT. Well, um, tonight, Nyla Rose, congratulations, is the new AEW uh, women's champion. Decent match. Had a little bit of flubs here and there. Britt Baker getting better and better and more relaxed on the mic. I know a lot of people are giving her lots of props online, and she definitely deserves it. But the most important thing about Britt Baker is, does it translate in the ring? Now with her being this heel, not only... Look, I've said this many times over the years. A lot of wrestlers who are not that good in the ring, it's easier to be a heel because you can be slow. Some people call it methodical. So by being in the ring and the choke and a punch and toy, look at MJF's match tonight against Jungle Boy. I mean, and it was an excellent match. MJF did exactly what he needed to do. What's up, Zachary Turner? Thank you, my friend. Um, But MJF doesn't need to do flippy flippy. Doesn't need. It's all psychology. He taunts the crowd. He gets under your skin. Didn't really get under the skin of Brandy too much. Brandy doing her David Otunga impersonation. Old school David Otunga. Any longtime listener or viewer knows why I'm saying that. We'll we'll get into that later. Shout out to the 90s guy from Australia. I will definitely PM you on Twitter. And for everybody out there, I have opened up my DMs on Twitter to everybody. Now, if I'm not following you... I know that I have to approve it, to read it, and that list 
got so big so fast. So tomorrow, I'm going to spend about an hour or two getting back to everybody's feedback over the last couple of days. And I always say to everybody out there, I am probably the easiest person to approach. You have any opinions, suggestions, criticism of what I do, approach me. I don't bite. I don't snap. I have thick skin. I could, if I could criticize, I better be able to take it. By the way, check out the Thunder Rosa NWA shirt. I uh, let everybody know last week that I got it. And I, I wrote this online. Maybe just as cool as the Thunder Rosa t-shirt is this uh, cool shipping package that it came in. Now, I had to block out some of the information so you wouldn't have my address or hers or where it came from, but uh, I like it. I like it. And, you know, I said this once before, you know, uh, it blows me away that some people out there think that it's goofy that podcasters wear shirts of wrestling promotions or wrestlers. I wear things that I'm a fan of. If I wear NWA, if I wear AEW, if I wear, I'm a fan of it. I'm not trying to land a job. I mean, you know, if opportunities come along and it doesn't interfere with my personal life and my real work, hey, I would consider anything. But, um, you know, we show support. We show love, you know, for the people out there. And not only that, you know, I, I, she makes a little money off of this stuff. So, you know, you support some of your favorites out there. Buy a shirt, you know. Don't buy the bootlegs unless you're absolutely forced to. But um, next week, Melina versus Thunder Rosa on NWA Power, which is going to be something interesting to uh, check out. Um, 90s guy, I you know what? PM me on Twitter, and I will give you the link to our Pro Wrestling T-Store, and the next shirt is on me. So PM me. Now, I look, he is a big supporter. He sent me a couple of bucks to hand, you know, cover some of the equipment and stuff that I do. So the least I could do is give him a shirt back, right? Uh, we got a great show tonight. I'm going to do my damnness to be done in 90 minutes. Uh, we have to start condensing these a little bit. And that doesn't mean that we sacrifice any quality content or conversation. Uh, trust me, it's going to be loaded tonight. Lots of pictures. And, you know, since we were just talking about shirts, I want to throw this out there. Um, somebody, I think it was Andrew914, who goes to every NXT show in Florida, always wears a Don Tony shirt. And by the way, saw three Don Tony shirts tonight. And thank you for that. That was awesome. But, you know, when he took this picture, he was just showing what the merchandise looks like when you, you buy it on sale. At NXT, and I'm looking at this, and I'm saying to myself, you know, not for nothing, if you look at those prices closer, does that seem a little bit, look, I haven't been to, you know, an NXT show live yet, and, you know, I, I know some shirts get a little pricey, but does that seem a little bit expensive, you know, especially since there's no shipping involved? I'm assuming the $30 price is for women's sizes or kids, and the 35 is for men. I don't know. That seems awfully overpriced. I, I don't know. You know, it just, I figured I'd just share it. Um, seems a little overpriced to me, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, look, I remember as a kid going to Yankee Stadium. My dad loves the Yankees. I love the Mets. And uh, even back then, you would want to buy like a shirt or something. And I remember my father buying me in like 1977 a Yankees ballpoint pen. It was the shape of a bat. It was a regular pen. 
And I, I had it up until about 10 years ago. And I remember taking it out and saying, dad, look what I still have. It, I don't even think it wrote anymore, but he's like, you know how much I paid for that freaking thing? I must've paid like $10 for a pen. And that's 1977, 1977. And, uh, oh, 90s guy is, his name is Lee. So shout out to you, my friend. And shout out to everybody tuning in live. And uh, I thank you for the support as always. And this is awesome. We're approaching 6,800 subscribers in less than a month. And, you know, I've been touting this because a lot of people out there want to see me wear some of my old goofy stuff from the 80s and the 90s. And yesterday, I stood at the parents' house visiting, giving my mom a Valentine's Day gift because I won't see it for the rest of the week. And they have boxed away tons and tons of stuff where we used to live in Middle Village. They just boxed everything up and brought it to, to where they live now. So yesterday, I went through about eight boxes and pulled out you know, some shirts, some pants, some sweatsuits, Sergio Dakini, my Miami Vice loafers from like 1988. And I brought them home. They don't smell, but I'm going to clean everything. And as soon as we hit, if we hit 7,000 subscribers by next week, I will don, pun intended, one of my old school outfits that I wore 30 years ago. Just, you know, yeah, 30 years ago. Holy cow, 30 years you to have fun. You got to be able to poke fun at yourself. And speaking of, you know, subscribers, um, NWA, you know, I saw their episode of Power. Little thing that you might want to get a kick out of. And I'm not saying this to be nasty or mocking it in any way, but I had so much stuff going on today. I watched um, NWA Power. And I don't normally watch things in faster speed, but I decided to watch it at 1.5 speed tonight on YouTube, you know, to just to get, because I, when I cover stuff, I actually want to watch it. You know, there's a lot of people out there that'll just read what's coming off of wrestling websites. If you notice the whole conversation we're having right now, I'm not looking at anything, but all of you. So I don't even have notes in front of me yet. I do have notes, but just something that I wanted to point out. Uh, so I watched it today at one and a half times the speed. This way the show's over in 30 minutes instead of an hour. And the funny thing is, is if you go back and you watch Tom Latimer versus, um, uh, oh my God, I drew a freaking blank, Tim Storm, sorry. Uh, if you watch that at 1.5 speed, it doesn't look goofy. It doesn't look stupid. They're actually moving almost like Lucha style. And it, it was actually cool. You see it even when, and it's, and it's funny when you watch it that way, because even Tim Storm, when Tim Storm was talking a little smack to Latimer during the match in one and a half time speed, it sounds normal speed. And it was just, it was funny to see, but more importantly, after that, they were showing like some merchandise and they had some hard rock music playing in the background. This music sounded better at one and a half times speed than regular speed. I actually rewound it and double checked to make sure that maybe I accidentally put it back to normal speed. Go back and watch it. You'll be very, very surprised. I agree with you, Brian. You do miss some nuances when it's faster speed, but when there's so much going on, you know, it's like sometimes you really have to, you know, make use of your time as, as much as possible. But I'm telling you, go out of your way. Just watch Storm versus Latimer and look at the vignette that they showed right after that with the merchandise. I'm telling you, 
When you listen to it at one and a half speed, you're going to be like, DT, I swear to God, that music sounds better, faster than slower. I'm, I'm not kidding. And I'm not even exaggerating. And by the way, on uh, NWA Power's episode for this week, they have in the comments section that if they get 10,000 likes, that they were going to reveal the location uh, and the date of the Crockett Cup. And they only had like 100 likes in 24 hours, which kind of surprised me. But I put a little note underneath there. I said, you know what? If you want to get the 10,000 likes, how's about offering to change your music back to Into the Fire? I'm not exaggerating in any way. Go look at the feedback over the last week or so, not just on my YouTube stuff, not just, you know, my accounts. Look at NWA social media. Look at Twitter. Look at, it's like, 80 to 90% people were just like, why did you change that? Now, as I mentioned last week, if it's a royalty issue, which I can't see how it would be, I just can't picture Dokken asking for crazy amounts of money. I mean, I'm trying to license some music for the shows that I do, and they're slow like turtles. I mean, I'm like, look, you know, this is two, three weeks I'm asking for this. I'm not asking for a song that's on Top 40 Radio right now. I'm asking for music that's like 30 years old. The people are dead. You know, there's skeletons in the coffins. They've been dead for so long. This isn't popular music. I never heard half the, any of these songs or almost all of them on Sirius XM ever. And they just slow, fill this out, answer this, blah, 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 blah. I just can't. Yes, Dokken was a powerhouse in the 80s. I get it. I was more Def Leppard, Van Halen, even though, you know, me, I was always a Guido. I was into house music, club music, but I still had room for Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, you know, uh, um, Twisted Sister. Is that a Twisted Sister pin? What do you want to do with your life? I want to tweet. I think there's some people actually do that. I'm telling you, they traded in their lives for tweets. It's amazing. But anyway, I, I promised everybody this week we would stay away from the goofy podcaster stuff. And I'm going to disappoint some of you out there, but I, I oh, my mistake. Oh, a little, little faux pas. I am not going to be covering this today. Hell no. I read what Meltzer said. I heard what Cornette said. And I heard what he said about Kenny Olivier. I am staying away from that. I am staying away from all the drama. Save it for your mama. It's uh, too much good stuff going on right now to get swamped into that stuff. Uh, unfortunately, later on, we have to talk about this. I'm sure you heard about it. Unless you want me to talk about it right now. Um, you know, it's It's weird. And a lot of you may not even know about this, but when I used to work doing some stuff behind the scenes for Frank Goodman in USA Pro Wrestling going back to 2003, and even when I was doing stuff for XPW, I never really uh, interacted with Teddy Hart much at all. But yeah, all right, well, let's, we'll talk about it now. You know, we, I, look, I like getting into different topics every week. It shouldn't always be, this is your AEW recap from blah, 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 dark match, blah, 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 blah. This is NXT, blah, 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 blah. We got time to get into it. But um, I never really interacted with Teddy Hart until I started doing some work for Frank Goodman. Some of the responsibilities was, you know, booking flights, 
you know, picking some people up in the airport, you know, trying to collect some money from ticket sellers, you know, going around with Mr. Big and some others. And it was great stuff. And there was a couple of times where Teddy, Teddy Hart no showed. And some of the excuses that he gave were lies. And you got to understand some. Look, I, I give Teddy Hart a little bit of leeway now because back then, you know, you're young and, you know, sometimes you, you anticipate and you book stuff and, you know, you can't fulfill it and this and that. But there was a lot of excuses. And for some reason, it became like, you know, a lot of people made it like just it became a life of its own. Just like a lot of you out there think that me and Jason Solomonster absolutely despise each other, that we hate each other. And I know where it started, but I'm not going to bring it up now. But when I saw Jason at Lucky 13 WrestleMania weekend, we were looking at each other like, why do we dislike each other again? It was, it was funny because people just make it. And I've said this since 1997, a lot of people out there, Back then it was hotlines. Now it's social media. A lot of people out there love the real life friction. They love when people really go out with each other personally because the personal uh, BS that goes on in the real world is more entertaining than the storylines they see on TV. I've been saying this for over 20 years. But even with the Teddy Hart stuff, it, be, it got a life of its own. And, you know, I realize now people were baiting me to, you know, really lay it into them. And, you know, I would put like so-and-so face at Teddy Hart and I've just put a lump of uh, horse dung on, on uh, you know, on, on screen. I never realized how much it upset him. He did an interview, I think it was with Sports Illustrated several years ago. And I didn't even know that this had gone on. But during the interview, Apparently, he talked about me and name dropped me and said that, you know, this guy's, you know, is always on my crap and this and that. And, I'm, and I felt terrible after that. I was like, you know, he's not that bad. And then just like I felt really bad. And I just really started taking a step back. You get older, you mature a little bit. You know, I'm not into this wash woman stuff. I saw what went on today with Cornette and David Bixenspan, or I always said Spickenspan, because he he's, he's just always with dirt. And I see they went at it today, and you see all these podcasters acting like washwomen, like the National Enquirer. You know, they talk about how they don't want to get into that stuff, and they think it's stupid that these people are having wars, but yet they're talking about it. And I'm not talking about it now. I'm just bringing up a point. So when I started reevaluating the stuff with Teddy Hart, I started getting a newfound appreciation for the guy. And I'd say three, four years ago, maybe five years ago, Andre Corbeil, shout out to him, really good guy. We're going to be doing some podcasting work together in the very near future. Once I get to hang of this a little bit more, um, he really started to bring me in the right direction with Teddy Hart. And I had apologized publicly and, you know, I really became a fan of the guy. And I've been defending him even with these YouTube videos with Maria Manic because, you know, and I'll st regardless of what went down yesterday, I still say the same thing now. Maria Manic is an adult. She makes her own decisions. She makes her bed. She sleeps in her bed. Um, she's not being brainwashed. Teddy Hart is not a David Koresh. Um, I promised that I would not curse Tonight, it was a little challenge, and, I, and if I wouldn't have mentioned, you wouldn't have even noticed it, but I'm going to break, break that right now, sort of. Um, but I know a lot of you out there, me included, especially when we were younger, we would be what you would call pussy whipped over someone. 
And that person would control you. And I had a girl that I was whipped over and, you know, she controlled me. This is many, many years ago. And, you know, you have that charisma about yourself. So she's not being brainwashed. She's an adult. Maybe you don't like the fact that she's in that situation. And I totally respect that opinion about it. But she she's an adult. She makes her own decisions. She makes a mistake. You know, and I say it too. You know, for the people out there that are overly critical about so many people online, you know, worry about your own hen house first, you know, because it's very easy to open your mouth or type and be a tough guy and everything, but nobody, you know, knows anything about you, you know, but you can let everybody know about other people, you know? So I, I defended Teddy Hart a little bit. Um, and it's weird because now I defend the guy and we find out yesterday that he got arrested. And, um, you know, it's happened in Richmond, Virginia, and I'll pull up my notes because I actually did a little bit of research. I didn't cut and paste from PW spyware and some of these other websites, because it's very easy. You cut and paste from one website and you think you have all the information you ain't got guts because the deal is this, he got arrested yesterday. Um, as of this afternoon, from what I got information, I think he was still incarcerated, Nobody had anything as far as what his bail was, what his bond is. All they said is that, oh, he may spend up to 12 months in jail. And if I notice how nobody had anything about bail or bond, because as of this afternoon, from what I have, he was still in jail. Now, he was charged with uh, three things. And look, I'm not going to read every specific detail on this. I... I prefer to be like, you remember um, when we were in school way back when you had like the cliff notes, you know, you would read, it would like you had to read a 300 page book. We would buy these yellow little cliff notes. It was maybe like 15 pages long. We'd read it and then we would attempt to take the test saying that we read the whole book and we usually fail anyway. But I like being the cliff notes. I like telling to you just how we all would view it. And the thing is, is that he got charged with three items. First of all, he was charged with possession, okay? Second thing is, is he was charged with uh, a person knowingly or intentionally possessing a controlled substance um, with the intention of dis distribution. Now, there are different levels of felonies and misdemeanors. And from what he had, uh, as far as his possession, we don't know exactly what he had, but they put it in the category of a class uh, two, all right? Uh, no, no, excuse me. It was a class three, a schedule three. Now, they have, I believe, five schedules as far as what you possess. And depending on what cla class of drug you have, that tell determines if it's a felony or a misdemeanor. He had a class, he's being charged with a class one misdemeanor, which is the worst misdemeanor you could get. It's even maybe a step below a felony, but it is the highest misdemeanor, which is not good. Now, if you go in that category as far as a Schedule 3, you can possess up to, but not more than, 1.8 grams of codeine as far as painkillers go. Now, me, you know, having to take painkillers all my life because of my car accident, all right, I know what that equates to. So that for people that don't know, 1.8 grams of codeine would be the 30 or 60 Vicodin, depending on what strength you have. Now, another thing is, is that 
It could have also been steroids. Possession of steroids also falls into this category. It doesn't matter how much you had, but if you have possession of anabolic steroids, you fall into that category as well. Now, there's been discussion in the past that, no, no, Mark, I'm not saying he got arrested for painkillers. My point is this. Nobody knows exactly what he had, but he could have been in possession of anabolic steroids. And the thing is, is that people have said in the past that he had a prescription for steroids. So it, I'm not trying to downplay it, but you got to understand something. Um, it, it could be a simple case that he had possession of steroids and, you know, the attempt to distribute concerns me because maybe he was going to sell some of his stuff to someone else. We don't know. We don't know if it's painkillers. We don't know if it's, if it's steroids, but it usually falls into one of those two categories. Now, what I will tell you is that it's not Oxycontin and it's not meth because meth is class one as far as schedule one and Oxycontin is schedule two. Teddy Hart is schedule three. So he doesn't fall into that category of having oxys or, you know, crystal meth. You know, I watch live PD now and it's it blows me away. I mean, I always hear Trump about the opioid epidemic and stuff like that. And that scares me because, unfortunately, I need to take him for the for real reasons and not to get high. But, um, you know, the thing is, is I watch live PD now and almost every show, half of the show is people being arrested for possession of meth smoking in a pipe, shooting it up with a, with a needle. So he, he doesn't fall into that category. So for people out there that think, oh, he had, you know, this or this is that, you got to understand what the schedules are. Um, this, is, I believe, also is his first offense. Um, so let's wait and see what happens. Uh, I don't think it's going to be something as simple as he had steroids, but he didn't have his prescription with him, and that's why he got arrested and and that. Now, the fact that they actually had in there with the intention of distributing it, you know, that's a little bit of a, of a problem. But, you know, I continue to wish him well. I hope he can get over this, and maybe this scares him straight. He's 40 years old. Nobody out there wants to see a tragedy. Nobody out there wants to see this man you know, get, get his demise. I know it's a great conversation piece online. And I know some of some out there like to tweet bang over this, you know, but you know, he got arrested. That was his mugshot. We wish him the best. When we get more information on it, I will definitely tell you. But right now there's a lot of people speculating and assuming things that just aren't true. That's, that's, that's really the best way I could put it. Um, so we wish him the best. So anyway, let's get on more lighthearted stuff. I know I'm jumping back and forth a little bit, but I definitely, originally I wanted to open up with this uh, instead of Teddy Hart. But, you know, we sort of backed into that conversation. But I don't know if you all out there are aware of this. And if you watched Impact Wrestling yesterday, you probably you may not be aware of it. Because Impact Wrestling sometimes does things ass backwards. Uh, you would think that they would wait a week to do what they did. Now, I understand because they have TV tapings and things are so far in advance that, you know, scheduling is sometimes impossible. My answer to that is too bad, too bad. They're still showing stuff from Mexico. 
Think of how long ago Impact Wrestling was in Mexico. Congratulations to Jordan Grace. She is now the Knockouts champion. Um, we knew about this title change a while back, but everybody kept it for the most part on the down low as far as the net goes. Um, and it was nice, you know, to see her finally be able, you, you know, I've never been in that situation. You know, I did some work on the indie circuit managing. I was not good at it. Had three matches in my life. But someone on that caliber, I wonder what it's like to be a major champion like that. And you can, and you win it. And you can't express that or enjoy it for weeks and weeks and weeks because it hasn't happened on TV yet. So I could only imagine how much... She had to bite her tongue and not say nothing online because it didn't air on television yet. But she's a knockouts champion. Congratulations to her. But another match that took place on Impact was RVD versus Joey Ryan. And I have said this for years and years and years. I have never been a fan of the penis stuff. The penis plex to me, you know, look, people laugh at the stupidest things. You could see stupid videos online of animals getting hurt, you know, like a cat falls off a refrigerator and lands head first. And everybody, you know, everybody's like, oh my God, that's terrible. And there'll be some people go, <laughs> people laugh at everything. Not That doesn't mean that because some people are laughing, it's a good thing. So I was never a fan of this idea that, you know, he's got Papa Shango penis, that he could do penis. But, you know, look, I think he is a talented guy. I just thought all of that stuff was ridiculous. I've seen some of his social media, you know, uh, interactions with people, especially about, you know, women and culture and this, this and that. And, you know, I, I, I know he takes certain stands and gets into an arguments with people. I usually stay away from that stuff. But... You know, Impact Wrestling yesterday, they're still doing the, the thing with the penis plex. And I think RVD may be the first person ever to uh, break the, the penis plex or whatever it is. So anyway, that happened yesterday, blah, 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 blah. Um, but over the weekend, this happened. Impact Wrestling, Joey Ryan comes out dressed like that. And they're also showing things like... Um, here it is. Hashtag cancel culture. This triggered a lot of people online. They're like, look at this. What a hypocrite. Of all the things he's talked about as far as, you know, defending his penis plex stuff, this hypocrite is now doing this. Now, I haven't talked about it yet at all, but I'm going to say two things about this idea that they're, they're doing in Impact Wrestling. Number one, I think it's a phenomenal idea. I think it is awesome. Regardless of what Joey Ryan has said in the past, defending certain things that he does and the over-the-top penis stuff and the penis parties and this, this, and that, at the end of the day, he works for Impact Wrestling. If Impact Wrestling came up with this, uh, I don't know if Impact, if it was their idea or if it was Joey Ryan's idea. The bottom line is, is that he's doing this in Impact Wrestling and if it's Impact Wrestling telling him they want him to, to do this storyline, he's going to go along with it. He works for them. They don't work for Joey Ryan. Uh, the second thing is, is that I think this is going to take off. I think this is something that could really be entertaining. 
Uh, I thought back immediately to the right to censor. The right to censor came out, a lot of people thought it was stupid, dopey. It was like a knockoff of the parent-teacher council and warning, warning, and you had Ivory and the good father and Stephen Richards and whoever else was in it. But after a while, it became cool. I am really interested to see where this goes with Joey Ryan. I'm going to be also curious to see if this trickles into other shows. It is very possible that Joey Ryan may still do penis parties in, in other companies, but him doing this, this is something I don't think anybody out there ever thought that he would do. And I think it's fascinating. I think this is something that really may take off big time. Whether people call him a hypocrite or not, he works for a living. And I think this is something that will work. I really do. I'm very, very interested to see where this goes. So, and, and that's pretty much it. You know, Impact Wrestling, you know, they got their show coming up in Florida. Uh, for WrestleMania weekend, they announced that David Penzer was going to be part of the show. I didn't even think about this. Last week, I brought up that I honestly think Dixie Carter should be put in the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame WrestleMania weekend. I'm not going to get into the whole thing again. You could watch the clip on YouTube if you missed it. I think I might have did that on Friday's show last week. Um, but somebody's name that I didn't even think about, and I thought about it today, and I'm like, why isn't Impact Wrestling bringing back Don West to do some commentary WrestleMania weekend? You know, just when I thought about that, I'm like, wait a minute. You know, I go back to the shop at home days with him, you know, with the packs and how you would scam people. I, I, I'll never forget it, man. Barry Buns, everyone, Barry Buns, Barry Buns. Look, look, McGuire, this is a $300 card. If you get the best thing that I ever saw, anybody out there that's ever collected baseball cards, football cards, basketball cards, the best thing that I ever saw from Chop at Home, and I know I have it on video somewhere, because I used to record some of his stuff overnight because I used to buy some things once in a while. And I remember they used to have these big shows about knives. Remember the knives and the swords and all that stuff? But I know I taped this. I will never forget. Yeah, Smokey the Bear is, knows where I'm going with this. He did an episode of Shop at Home one night, and I got to clean my class. They're getting a little, uh, like, cloudy. He did an episode of Shop at Home one night with some hick from down south. Really, really strong accent. I remember he used to always do the knife shows. Annoyed the crap out of me. And they're talking about uncut sheets. And shout out to Krillin876 and Adam Demoy. Uh, Joey Ryan versus Deli Man. You know, I, I should have taken Deli Man to another level, but, you know, I never did. You know, I, I was in crazy pain at that time. My pain was a thousand times more at the time. Plus, I was very heavy. If you go back and you look at that one segment on YouTube of yours truly, Deli Man with Vinny DeGuido, when I hit him over the head with the Italian bread and I tried to do the mandible claw with the gizzards, just look at my girth. You know, that was not healthy at the time. I could not move around and I was in crazy pain. I'm still in pain, but, you know, losing a lot of weight alleviates the pain in the joints. So anyway, back in the day, you got Don West with some hick down south, and they're talking about uncut sheets. And I don't remember what year the baseball cards were, but they were selling uncut sheets. Now, for anybody out there, even if you collect 
WWE cards. You know that you could get them graded. PSA 10, which is perfect, perfectly centered, this and that, PSA 9, 8, 7, whatever it is. So he's got these uncut sheets. And just think about what would happen if they did this in 2020. Don West would be in jail. I mean, would be in jail for fraud. You know, or, well, maybe if he didn't do this, but he was, what he was telling people to do was fraud. He actually told people, and, you know, bravo to everybody in the chat that remembers this, because I know I wasn't the only one, you know, um, you know, just watching this. Uh, Sterling, don't try to spread that around. Uh, there's not going to be changes to video, uh, period. You know, it's just... This is the way it is. You know, I I don't mind, you know, people commenting about stuff like that, but please, we got to get away from that topic and focus on the future. So, but anyway, getting back to Don West, finally. I remember one night they have the uncut sheets and they're showing them on TV. 660 cards, uncut sheet, beautiful. And you think, wow, I could buy this, put it in a frame. Don West is actually telling the people watching that, just, you could take these cards, you could cut them, and they'd be perfectly centered and perfectly graded, and you could get a PSA 10. That's fraud. You get an uncut sheet, and you go with scissors, and you start cutting it with a with an exact exacto knife, what it is, and a ruler, and you perfectly center it, and then you send it into PSA and get a graded 10. That's fraud. You go to jail for that. Mary Buns, Mary Buns. I... I saw that fraud. The other thing is he would have sometimes they would have like 300 packs of cards and it would be like decks, packs of cards everywhere from all different things and footballs and this, this and that. So um, anyway, long story short, you got all these packs of cards and they're opening up and they're showing everybody the cards and this, this and that. And all they would say over and over again is we only have 20 left. Last chance, 20 left, 20 left. We used to call the automated line and you type in the item number and then it would say, please enter the number you would like to get. Me and my friends would enter like 30. If he said there was only 10 left, we'd enter 20. And it would say, your cost is $2,816. Blah, 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 blah. It was lying. And then the best part is, is that when they would have a countdown and it would go to zero, and then you realize, damn, we, we didn't sell that many of them. Eh, we'll get five more minutes, five more minutes. Once they're gone, they're gone. You got 10 minutes. He was a scam artist. But I've grown to like him with doing a wrestling commentary. When I was doing the history show and going back and watching a lot of NWA TNA that I had forgotten over the years, seriously, I've never been a fan of Mike Tanay. His facial reactions, like a goldfish. He's like, you know, like an old man version of Dana Brooke with his face. Every time it's a heel would cut a promo, he'd be like, thank God he's not going to be part of that. I don't have anything against him personally. I just never liked Mike Tanay as a commentator. Never, 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 never. But, but it's not all bad, everybody. You go back. And you watch, even when AJ Styles won the NWA title for the first time, you listen to Mike Tanay and Don West. 
for about 15 to 20 minutes. They don't come up for air. When I used to try to splice commercials in between some commentary, I couldn't find any area. They just nonstop from beginning to end. And I go back and, I, and I'm serious. If anybody out there goes and looks, you'll have a new fond appreciation for Mike Tanay and Don West as a team. They really, really, it wasn't the greatest pairing of all time, but Don West, they should bring him to Florida if he's able to make it, seriously. So I just figured I'd throw that out there, you know. Anyway, AEW, let's talk about them. You know, ratings last week, I don't have it in front of me, but I know I said NXT was going to get 770, no, 767,000 viewers. I think it was off by like 3,000. I even said last week, I thought I was undercutting AEW's rating because the Cody segment was so strong. And, you know, I did say AEW would win, and I thought that they were going to do a, a good rating. And they, they, they kicked ass last week in the ratings. This week, I liked AEW's episode a hell of a lot more than I liked last week's episode. Um, now, as far as dark matches tonight, you know, all I know is of one dark match. I think it's Hybrid 2 versus Best Friends. That's the only dark match I have so far. If anybody out there gets the other dark matches, uh, if you could put it in the chat room, I'd really appreciate it. Just don't put spoilers because, you know, they, they we're not going to see them on TV till next week. And by the way, for those who are asking... I will definitely, without a doubt, definitely without a doubt, uh, talk a little bit about Cody and Brandy on Observer and Brian Alvarez because I had a conversation with Mish yesterday on Breakfast Soup about this. And a lot of you out there have been asking me since yesterday my opinion, my reaction to it. And I will, you know, I am very, very straightforward and honest. I think I'm very, very fair. I will praise a lot of stuff. I will also criticize a lot of stuff. And I will give you my comments on that interview in a moment. But, um, you know, getting back to AEW, for those that are interested, they are going to be returning to Philadelphia. Uh, April 22nd, episode of Dynamite is going to be at the Leochorus Center. Is that how you pronounce it? But anyway, tickets go on sale this Friday, February 14th at 12 noon Eastern. Also this Friday, tickets go on sale for AEW's return to Boston at the Aganis Arena. That will be the April 15th edition of Dynamite. Now, you might have saw tonight on AEW Dynamite that they have a special shirt in their in their, uh, T-shirt store that says, I love AEW, almost like the old I love New York shirts that we used to have in the 70s. That were, they were most popular then. But anyway, anybody that buys that shirt, I think 20% of the, the, I don't know if it's 20% of the overall proceeds or the overall profits. You got to pay attention because there was a big difference with that. But 20% of something is going to go to the American Heart Association, which is generous no matter what. Also, for anybody out there between February 7th and February 14th, because February 14th is still two days away, that if you donate, I think it's $50 or more to the America, American Heart Association, uh, you could actually get, I believe, free tickets to AEW Dynamite So on February 19th. So go to AEW's website. You'll get all the details there. Um, and, you know, it's, look, it's very generous. Now, a few of you are asking me about profits and proceeds. You got to understand like this, okay? Let's say an AEW shirt is 20 bucks. You know, if they say 20% of the proceeds go to American Heart Association, that's one-fifth of $20. That means every shirt that's sold, $4 goes 
goes to the American Heart Association. If they say 20% of the profits, honestly, that's squat. Let's just say it honestly. Because a shirt may cost, well, because they do it in bulk, the shirt may cost $12, all right? Um, then they sell it for 20. That means their profit is $8. 20% of $8 is like two bucks. So you, when even regular companies out there or wrestler, when you got it, when they say, a, you know, percentage goes some, you know, I could tell you just based on my pro wrestling tea store, my shirts are cheaper than almost every other podcaster out there. Almost every other podcaster out there, my shirts are cheaper. And the thing is, is that, you know how much I make on these shirts? Between one and $2. That's it. Usually $1. So if I say, oh, I'm going to donate 50% of the profits to charity. Oh, DT, you're such a generous person. I'm donating 50 cents. 50 cents. So, you know, it is what it is. But anyway, it's still, you know, it's still a, a nice, you know, the, the idea of getting. Now, I know what some of you are going to say. Oh, People that donate $50 to American Heart Association, they go to see AEW next week. Oh, that just makes this, the arena look more full than what it was. It's a good product. It's not a bad product. It's not like you're going and the show's going to suck. So if you're going to go to AEW and you're going to spend $40 to go see them, you spend an extra 10, you donate it to the American Heart Association, you technically get your tickets for free. And guess what? When you do your taxes next year, you could... Write that off because you donated the money to charity. Everybody wins in the end. So, you know, the overall, that is, that is a very nice thing for AEW to do. Now, my thoughts on Brandy Rhodes talking to Brian Alvarez and Cody talking to Observer. I have no problem with Cody or Brandy Rhodes. I think in the real world, I think they're probably some of the nicest people around. Not people who are just looking for AEW hand jobs. A lot of people who have interacted with them have said really, really nice things about them. I have people that I mingle with on social media who have met both of them in person and said that they were really, really nice. They weren't, you know, acting starstruck. You know, they, they, you know, they're nice people. Now, I've said this before, in the wrestling business and business as a whole, you know, people are not always going to be 100% honest. This is the wrestling business. Things lie, people lie, people exaggerate. Just because people work hard doesn't mean all of a sudden that they could pass a lie detector test and you never ever lie to all of you out there. Um, And I totally understand why some people will lie and sugarcoat this and that. Um, now, I'm not calling Brandy Rhodes or Cody a liar, but the idea that there are people out there who think that they could never lie, they would never lie to their fans. I hate to break it to you. Everybody lies to a certain extent in business. Mish and I got into this great discussion about Paul Heyman back in the day for ECW. Paul Heyman would lie through his teeth about so many things business-wise to his wrestlers, but he still gave them so much inspiration and would psych them up and really get behind them. And people, in the end, they might have lost money working for Paul Heyman, but their careers ended up going a lot further than if they never worked for Paul Heyman. Not every lie is malicious. So I don't think... 
if somebody lies that works for AEW, WWE, or any other promotion, it's not always for malicious reasons. All right, but this is one of the reasons why I don't do interviews. And this is one of the reasons why, and I, I've said this before, I have nothing in personal against Chris Van Vallee. Um, To me, he's like the, the male Alicia Tout. And in every entertainment world, you need Alicia Touts and you need Chris Van Vallee's. And what I'm saying right now is not a knock on either one of them. What I'm saying is that they don't want to get involved in controversy. They don't want to do gotcha questions. You want They want whoever they interview to feel extremely comfortable and will come back for a second interview. Me, I could never do interviews be, for the simple reason that if, if I ask a question, and I always use the cash flow positive thing that Dixie Carter got away with, I think with Sports Illustrated or Forbes years back. I mean, if you're going to ask the question and you get a very vague answer, or an answer that is really not answering your question. You know, asking a follow-up question is in order. Now, that person may dodge your follow-up question, and then you move on. But the idea that some people won't even do follow-up questions because they don't want to rock the boat, that's why, like I say, um, not necessarily Alicia Tao, because Alicia Tao does great interviews, and she's very likable, and she... she she asks the questions where she knows she'll get answers to. She doesn't try to get into the controversy, and that is what she should be doing. Chris Van Vallee, same thing. So many interviews that, that people, oh, did you see this? Did you see this? And I watch them, and I'm like, why isn't this this? Why isn't this this? Why isn't this follow-up? And it happened again with Brian Alvarez. Now, yes, I, I know Brian Alvarez, Dave Meltzer, big supporters of AEW. I've been a subscriber to Meltzer's newsletter for many, many years. I'm one of those rare people that like Meltzer and Vince Russo. So I understand Dave Meltzer is a giant fan of Japanese wrestling. Nobody out there is pulling your finger or pulling your arm to follow him. Nobody's forcing you to read his newsletter. Nobody's forcing you to read his tweets. Nobody's forcing you to pay attention to the guy. You know, I, I laugh when people like, Oh, this guy's a dope. He's not even in the wrestling business. Well, if he's not in the wrestling business, why are you paying attention to him? He's, he's ridiculous. He's comparing people from Japan. Why are you paying attention to him? Again, like I said last week, I'm not going to do the again like I did last week. But if you don't like him and you think he's whacked out with his views, why are you paying attention to him? Why? Because you want to have a conversation with people because you need that interaction. That's what it is. Me, I could tolerate it. He's a big fan of Japan. He's been a fan of Japanese wrestling for decades. He loves Japanese wrestling. So he has a right to his opinion. I may disagree with a whole lot of it, but I respect his opinion. So Brian Alvarez does the interview with Brandy Rhodes. And the one part of it that everybody's focused on is the Nightmare Collective. Now, I think a week or two ago, I talked about that the Nightmare Collective was done. And I said that, you know, it just, it wasn't working out well. It just was not well received by the fans. Some of the things that were on TV were just not working at all. And, you know, I had a couple of hardcore AEW fans saying to me, no, it's because Awesome Kong is doing glow. And when she comes back, they're going to do it right back to where it was. I just, I didn't even answer back. I just, you know, let them vent. They get it off their chest. So now Brandy Rhodes she tells Brian Alvarez that, look, you know, 
you know, we listened to the fans. It wasn't working with this. We felt Mel and Dr. Luther weren't getting this and blah, 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 blah. So my problem with the whole interview was one thing that Brandy Rhodes was portraying this, that it was somebody else's idea. Now, again, I'm not saying people are lying for malicious intent, but something tells me that if the Nightmare Collective would have taken off and kicked ass, that she would have taken credit for a good portion of it. When she immediately writes it off that it was somebody else's idea, I got the same feeling that I got about Dave Lagana. When Dave Lagana put that, that apology online about what Jim Cornette had said, you know, and tried to play it off like one of our employees. And I'm like, wait a minute, this guy had this in the tank for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And you're not going to take any responsibility that this made TV that you didn't edit out because he didn't see any problem with it, you know, but he just like distanced himself. And I thought that was unfair to Jim Cornette. Now, look, Dave Lagana overall is doing an awesome job with NWA. I don't dislike the guy, but again, I like to tell it like it is. If it ruffles feathers, hey, look, I feel, you know, I got to be honest with everybody out there. So shout out to uh, the, um, anyway, getting back to Brian Alvarez. So when Brandy is now talking about, you know, that she really, you know, it wasn't going along with this and she didn't feel that this was this and it was somebody else's idea. Like my immediate thought was, Brian, you have to ask the question, whose idea was it? Like, you know, and I, look, did I expect Brandy to give an answer to that? No, I probably not. Why would you want to blow up your fellow employee spot by pinning it on someone else? So I totally get that. But the fact that she brought out there that it being somebody else's idea, without naming that person, you tried to shift all the blame to somebody else. She said that she, you know, the segment when she was talking about, I think, Excalibur and stuff like that. When you're shifting it on somebody else, you know, you're doing the same thing. You know, it's like people online who will, you know, I'll give you a good one. I don't, I, I don't pay attention to the Iconics. You know, Iconic! They weren't from Australia. I don't think they'd be in WWE TV. I don't remember which one was it. So maybe someone in the chat room could tell, tell me her name. But she started putting online in the last 24 hours private messages, DMs that she's getting from people, and she's blowing up their spots, like some really outrageous DMs that she's getting. Peyton Royce, okay? Peyton Royce. She's putting it out there. Now, if you're going to put it out there, but you're going to censor out the person's name, then all you're doing is trying to get attention to yourself. I saw some goof on Jason Solomonster's page, where this goof is talking about, it's just a regular fan. Oh, why? How ridiculous does it look when wrestling fans put AEW or NXT in their names on social media? How ridiculous. You're not in the business. And then they're, put, they're putting it on, this person's putting it online and showing this person's stuff and everybody's laughing at the beer. But the person's screen name, they cut it out. Why are you even bringing it up when you don't have the balls to even put the person's name? You're going to blow up somebody's spot. You don't do little things like you either put it out there or you don't put it at all. Because by cutting it off, especially when it comes to, you know, to uh, 
Somebody DMing me. Look how rage is this. No, I know you're not DMing it to yourself for attention. There are podcasters out there that lie all the time and make up these crazy stories just to get tweets and likes and we're thinking about you and praying for you and this is and that. And again, it's this. So when Brandy said that to Alvarez, and I have no, no problem with Alvarez, but when there's no follow-up question, whose idea was it? Again, I don't expect her to give an answer, but it just let it go. So now, oh, we're supposed to, nothing about that was her. Walking out with the Amazon box with the hair in it and the cute little dog with the squishy tie. No, none of hers. It was other people's. Was it someone else today when you're doing David Otunga? When we had MJF out there in Wardlow? Did you hear her? I say this with respect. I could take 10 Xanax right now not sleep for five days, and I'd have more energy than what she was doing commentary. The whole storyline is that your husband just got whipped by a, like a government mule, as Jim Ross would say. You, he's got welts and all this other stuff, and she's sitting there in a commentator's booth, and um, she's, she's, uh, uh, when Wardlow gave the ring to MJF, who decked Jungle Boy with it, and she says... I knew he couldn't do anything for himself. I knew he couldn't do anything for himself. It reminded me of David Otunga. I remember it was one pay-per-view. David Otunga was doing commentary with JBL and someone else. I ended up getting blocked from Otunga when I said this that time. I'm still blocked. I don't care less. But the match was unbelievably exciting. Somebody out there may even remember the match. JBL is out of his seat with energy talking about this match. The whoever was doing commentary also was out of his seat, energy. And JBL, uh, I mean, David Otung is sitting there like, you know, if he wouldn't, no energy whatsoever. I would, you know, I know Vince gets in a headset, but he should have like some electrocution device. You know, like they have like the dogs, you know, when the dog starts biting the, um, the couch, you have a special collar, you hit a button and the dog is biting you know, like the little zap. Ah, that's what they should have done with Brandy Rhodes. There should have been some electrical device under her ass today. And when MJF is saying, hey, Brandy, can I have a real man? And you have JL, J, JL, yeah, Mr. JL. You have JR yelling at him, calling him a jerk. I knew he couldn't do anything on his own. Wait until Cody puts his hands on. You know what the problem with Brandy was tonight? Brandy is talking in her nightmare collective voice instead of Mrs. Rhodes's voice. There was no anger. There was no despising. Oh, wait till Cody next week gets his hands on Wardlow. Yeah, everyone's going to see. It is a, my God, it was so horrendous. And I don't dislike her. I don't dislike her at all. But the idea of just Passing the buck to some mis other person out there and not even ask the follow-up. Now, Cody with the Observer was, was fine. The only thing that was really confusing, and I invite anybody out there to go check this out, is they were talking about the second show that's going to ultimately be on Turner. And you could I invite anyone out there, go on all the websites, and you'll see the same... Name, topic name on all the sites that Cody talks about what the second show will be. And I go on it 
And all I'm reading is, well, we haven't deciphered about this and we haven't talked to Turner Media about this and we were thinking about doing this, but we might do this instead and we're not sure about doing this and we'd like to showcase these people and we want to do this hour number three and we might do these, you know, the younger people and give them, we might do this and we might do that. There was nothing. The whole thing for five to seven minutes was, we don't know, we're not sure, we haven't discussed it, we're thinking about this. No, it's not. Cody talks about what the, the second show will be. He talked about what he doesn't know it'll be. It was just ridiculous. And then at the very end, you know, hey, what about the idea of, you know, having two, you know, one or two talents come in from different federations, kind of like a talent exchange. It's music to my ears. Music to my ears. I think every wrestling fan has suggested that in the last 18 months. It's music to my ears. And we kind of got that today. Jeff Cobb. Now, for those out there that don't know much about Jeff Cobb, and it's funny because, again, I said this about Lars when he came to the main roster. I said it about Deanna Perazzo. I've said it about others. Look at all the podcasters today that are reacting to Jeff Cobb like they had no idea who he was. Those are the people who tell you that they watch this, that they watch that. that they did. If you look at Jeff Cobb's resume, Jeff Cobb's got a pretty impressive resume. And, you know, from Ring of Honor... He was also a tag team champion with Matt Riddle. So he's actually, you know, done a, a decent amount in wrestling. He's 37 years old. Now, Jeff Cobb, in my opinion, when I look at him, I get that Umbaga feeling with him. I always felt that way. Like, you look at him. I don't know if anybody out there will understand why I say this. You look at Jeff Cobb and you think to yourself, when I say, even if we, if you never heard of him before, never saw him before, and I said to you, all right, I'm going to name you a name of a wrestler. What would come to mind? And I say, Jeff Cobb. You'd probably say, oh, probably some uh, Southern guy, you know, white guy, maybe Irish. And it's a, if you look at Jeff Cobb and you see his stature and his physique and the way he has his hair down and everything and his face, he reminds me of an Umaga like a, a killing machine. And I always thought that the name should be a little bit different. Now, you know, in Lucha Underground, obviously, you know, what was he, Matanza in Lucha Underground? So he's wrestled and had all the gimmicks. But, you know, it's great to see him in AEW. Remember what I said in December, 2020 will be the year of commingling in pro wrestling. Jeff Cobb is still with Ring of Honor. So now you got Ring of Honor getting a little bit of AEW rub, and we'll see what's in return. You got Marty Skrull and Nick Aldis going at it a little bit. Marty Skrull, Ring of Honor. You're seeing promotions kind of intertwining with each other. Rest in peace, Umaga, absolutely. When I say that about Jeff Cobb, 0% of it is criticism. You know, I see that and you see, you almost could picture if Jeff Cobb signed with WWE, you know what I mean? Like you almost could feel that he, they would possibly put him in that type of role. And I think it would work, believe it or not. But they announced tonight that Jeff Cobb would be facing John Moxley next week if John Moxley could get past Santana. And obviously we knew right then and there that he was, and he did. And then Jeff Cobb came out and attacked Moxley at the end. I thought it was so funny at the end. 
don't know if you saw it when Moxley was laid out and Jake Hager was there like this and going, I thought the, I thought it was funny. By the way, Jake Hager is finally going to wrestle. He's going to wrestle Dustin Rhodes at Revolution's pay-per-view. Tonight, Dustin Rhodes had an awesome match with Sammy Guevara. You know, I agree with the fans when they chant, you still got it, to Dustin Rhodes. I know it's not catchy, but to me, it's more like you never lost it. He never lost it. He still does it. I love that he does the Canadian Destroyer. I know that's a move that a lot of other people are doing now as well. Ricky Morton does it too. Um, but it's a it's a great looking move. And, you know, that match was great as well. And after the match was over, you know, and, and I swear on Jesus Christ, I actually wrote in my notes before the match was over. I wrote in my notes. I said, you know, everybody complains about Brock Lesnar's contract. Jake Hager. Look at how many months he's been working for AEW and has no matches. How awesome is that contract? Think of it. I'm not even saying it's a bad thing. That's an awesome contract. And then Dustin gets on the mic and says, you ever get a wrestle a match? Calls him out. And by the way, um, speaking of calling people out, I got a little video clip I'm going to share with you in a second that I thought was awesome too. But Dustin challenges Jake Hager. Jake Hager accepts. So at Revolution, you will see those two face each other. Now, Dustin took on Sammy Guevara and beat him. And before that match went down, we actually got to see a little video package as well. And um, I have it here, you know, credit to AEW. They have it playing on social media as well. But for anybody that did not see Dynamite today, we got this on the TV. And I thought this was, and I guarantee you, if anybody out there looks at this, I guarantee you that, Darby Allen had to do multiple takes on this because to toss things from that high and land it on the skateboard every time was pretty damn talented. I, I Something tells me that he did multiple takes until he got this perfect. But he's calling out Sammy Guevara. At the very end, I thought it was pretty entertaining. I get to drink a little water. Now, if you're not a regular follower of AEW, he's grunting because of the skateboard shot to the throat. But for anybody out there that didn't see that little part at the end, that was the last sign. You know, kissing Jericho's ass gave Sammy herpes. I thought that was pretty funny. So, yeah, so it looks like those two may actually be facing each other at Revolution as well. So, uh, again, something that I've been voicing out about for quite some time, we need segments. Take away a, a minute from a match here and there. More segments. Santana, empty arena with JR today to set up the match tonight. Santana talking about his father, losing his sight at 14 years old, starting to lose his sight, and doctors telling me he'd be blind by 25. It's all real, man. And when you look, recently, everybody was raised. You know, when I saw Santana's promo tonight, on Dynamite, you know what I immediately thought of? Eddie Kingston, NWA Power. Eddie Kingston just recently cut that promo, giving props to Homicide for all the things that he's helped him in his life. And when you can get, put reality, put real life involved and real emotion 
that's when you usually do your best work because you're not reading off a cue card. You feel it here. When you feel it here and you're good in wrestling or you're great in wrestling, feeling it here comes out over here. That's why Eddie Kingston knocked it out of the park. Santana did an awesome job tonight as well. It was powerful, you know, proud and powerful. That was powerful, man. And it really set up, you know, the emotion of the match later on. Sure, we knew what the outcome was going to be, but it was still a great match nonetheless. Stop, pizzle forever. Pizzle, shizzle my dizzle, blah, 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 blah. No, you know, speaking of rhyming, um, I mentioned earlier about um, Britt Baker. She comes out during the night and she's interviewed by Tony Schiavone. And just little things like this make my day. She's on the mic. She's disrespecting Shivani. She's getting under the crowd's skin. And she's getting nuclear heat. And the best part about her promo tonight, and I, I actually had to rewind it and make sure I wrote it down, you know, word for word. But she's, the fans are booing her. And she talks about how the fans have these chubby Whataburger faces on them. And the crowd just got so livid. But what was so awesome, too, was AEW started doing camera shots on the, the no-hubby chubby-wubbies tonight. You would go back and look at it. When she called them chubby Whataburger, had chubby Whataburger faces on them, you look, the camera started flashing on no hubby, chubby wubby, another chubby wubby, chubby wubby, chubby wubby, chubby, 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 chubby. That was awesome, man. That was awesome. And again, she's improved substantially the last couple of weeks. But in the end, it has to equate in the ring. Because if she starts screwing up, stinking up the joint, that is going to, nuclear heat is going to turn into a different type of heat. And, you know, some of the best in wrestling still get could get rattled. So let's see if she could translate that in the ring. Now, I will say this. You got to give me credit for this. Um, she actually, when she was talking about what she did last week, uh, ripping out, um, uh, uh, oh, my God, I'm drawing a blank with her, with her last name. But, um, well, anyway, when she did what she did last week, she talked about how Yuka, sorry, that she pulled out Yuka's number 19 tooth. And she said it was her second molar and it was because of an abscess and decay and this is that. Well, I need to correct Britt Baker, the dentist, because the number 19 tooth is the first molar, uh, molar in the lower jaw, not the second. She said it was the second molar. It's actually the first. Go look it up. How I knew that? I'm a dentist. Anyway, Rio versus Nyla Rose tonight for the women's title. Um, you know, look, the referee work today wasn't as bad as before. Uh, the two parts that annoyed the crap out of me, one was during this match and one was during the opening match tonight. Um, but at one point we had, uh, Rio, she attempted a dive from the top rope onto Nyla Rose, who was outside the ring. And it was funny because when Nyla Rose caught her, even though Rio is small, that's pretty impressive to catch any type of weight like that from a top rope. 
go back, the announcers, like, I don't know if they were paying attention. No excitement whatsoever, which, which was not my complaint. But after that, Nyla gets the upper hand. Nyla starts pulling out a table. Now, it was cool how Rio ran across the table and ended up nailing Nyla Rose. But when Nyla Rose is setting up the table, the referee is literally standing right next to her. And instead of, like, trying to stop her from pulling the table out and ordering her back in the ring, this goof is doing this. No! 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 It's like a pet owner who's a, you know, won't discipline their animal. And I don't mean discipline is like to use physical force, but you know, if a dog is tearing up your stuff and you just stand there going, no, 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 no. Was George the animal ref? No, no. It was horrible. The other referee spot, and I might as well mention it now. Um, the last minute of SCU versus Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. The last minute of that match, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page are double-teaming SCU. And they double-teamed so much that I, for a few moments, I forgot who was the legal man in the ring. Look at the referee during that entire minute. It was god-awful. It was god-awful. I don't care if it's a no-DQ match, and I don't care if it's consistent. But when you're going in other parts of the match, one, two, three, four. It's, and it's the same referee every time. I don't know if this guy caught two people in compromising positions in the back. I don't know if this person has stock in the company. I don't know if he's, you know, some survivor of something and they just feel bad. But that referee is terrible. That referee sucks. It sucks. Just my opinion. Just my opinion. You know, you have to have consistency. But anyway, the Rio match versus Nyla Rose started out a little messy. It got strong towards the end. I have debated Mish about Rio since Rio debuted in AEW. I'm a fan of her. Her offense matches her size. She ekes out wins, usually by overcoming. Now, I will say this tonight. Her... Doing the Omega suplex, ridiculous. You know, having her, um, what did she do? She did a Northern Light suplex for a two count. And I'm like, somebody her size snapping Nyla Rose back like that, to me, was a little ridiculous. But the reason why I had no problem with it is because the crowd popped. The crowd is behind Rio. They are a fan of Rio. That crowd... Loves that girl. Maybe not everybody, but they chant loud for Riho. And as long as AEW fans are behind her, there is no reason why Riho can't be in the spot that she's in. Was it time to have a change with a championship? Absolutely. You know, Nyla Rose winning it now, you could see that she still, you know, got, has a lot of improvement to do. You know, the idea that she's got to head down for an extra couple of seconds waiting for a shot is, you know, it's not good. You know, when she actually jumped off the rope and nailed Rio in the, in the head with the knee, you know, that only got the two count and you, you saw the spot when Rio was over the top rope in the middle, she took too, too long. And Rio is in that spot a little bit too long. 
But, you know, hopefully with experience, as time goes by, that will improve and that will go away a little bit. But overall, the match ended up being arguably the best women's match so far in AEW. Um, she wins the title. I don't have any issue with it whatsoever. Uh, I want to see how much buzz it gets in uh, the, the social media world because of Nyla Rose. You know, and you look at transgender and all that. So, you know, I, I have no problem. I, 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 the only problem I had with that tonight was after the match was over. Uh, they had a commercial break, and you see Kenny Omega in the back, and he's all down in the dumps. You know, his girlfriend, Rio, if it's his girlfriend, lost. He's all down in the dumps. And there's some women in AEW in the back also. And Nyla Rose comes to the back, and she's talking smack to Kenny Omega. And the entire part of it is during a commercial break. So you see Nyla Rose, and she's like, and Kenny Omega is like, and Nyla Rose is going, and we don't know what she's saying because it's a commercial break. I thought that was a little bit goofy. Um, now, on the flip side with NXT, when we had Leo Rush taking on Angel Gaza for the number one contendership for the NXT uh, Cruiserweight Championship, talk about a match that you should have had a split screen during a commercial break. When they went to commercial break, they did not do a split screen. I thought that was terrible also on NXT's part. But so getting back to AEW, we'll wrap this up because we're getting a little bit long on here and we need to finish this up soon. But, you know, you have Nyla Rose as the new champion. Pack once again, excellent promo, calling out Kenny Omega. Now, next week we have Wardlow versus Cody in a cage. Uh, next week also you have a tag team battle royal with the winners getting a shot at the tag team titles, I will still go with my original pick of the Young Bucks. Um, and also next week, the Lucha Brothers taking on Kenny Omega and Hangman Page in a rematch for the tag titles. I don't like that the tag titles are being defended next week at the same time of a tag team battle royal. Um, but I, I could see the outcome. In my opinion, I could be wrong. Omega Page, Young Bucks, Pay-per-view, title change there. Omega and Paige have the falling out. Yeah, And you know what? I'm not even saying that this is going to be what's going to happen. But at the beginning match tonight, when you had Paige and Omega versus uh, SCU, you had Evil Uno cutting a promo. And by the way, anybody notice this? I wrote this on Twitter. When Evil Uno does that power walk down the ring, his tits are jiggling. Go look at Evil Uno when he's walking down the ring. When he does the power walk... I mean, literally, I thought of LL Cool J song, Jingling Baby. You just go look. It's like this. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. But um, Evil Uno, you know, saying that, you know, their uh, their head honcho, whatever the hell he's called, uh, the, the, I, can't, I can't remember who, the leader, the leader. Whoever the leader is could be closer than you think. I thought for a split second, even though it's nuts and it's not going to happen, but I thought, imagine if Hangman Page ends up being the leader of the Dark Order. And just take it outside the box. I know a lot of you out there say Christopher Daniels, a lot of you go. We don't know who it's going to be yet. But uh, I could say that kudos to AEW and the Dark Order. I think Dark Order's turned a page. 
I don't think anybody really has much of a problem. Any, and I actually could tolerate a little dark order now. It doesn't shkivats me anymore. Um, so we'll find out soon. But it was interesting because after you had a couple of tag teams come out because the dark order came out and they were attacking everybody. Then you saw best friends come out, the butcher, the blade come out, blah, blah, blah. And then super bucks come out. And next thing you know, everybody's beating up each other, super bucks to the rescue. But um, I think that was pretty much it tonight. Um, I'm looking at everything. MJF versus Jungle Boy. Excellent match. Uh, I feel really terrible. I didn't even know this. I don't watch the Oscars. I could care less about it. But Mish pointed it out to me yesterday on Breakfast Soup that when the Oscars were paying homage to everybody who died in 2019, they totally ignored Luke Perry. They did not mention Luke Perry when they paid tribute of all the people who passed away. And I did do a little looking online tonight, and the Academy actually made a statement. And they actually had the balls to say that they received hundreds of requests to include loved ones who died in the memoriam statement. Requests? You shouldn't have to need a request to put somebody in there. Um, Luke Perry was a big guy in Hollywood, not just 90210, but some other movies, they actually put a say, we receive hundreds of requests and unfortunately not everybody makes it. Oh my God. That would always some of the most disrespectful. I said it yesterday. To me, I think they put in charge someone who never watched 90210. They really did not know anything about Luke Perry and just totally did not include him. You know, you, you don't even include, what was it, Tim Conway died? You don't include him either? It's just, that's why, that's another reason why I don't watch the Oscars. It, it did terrible. But MJF versus Jungle Boy did what it needed to do. Jungle Boy impressed once again. Definitely going to be a star of tomorrow. Um, you know, I still laugh at some podcasters because he's a future world heavyweight champion. Um, I, it's kind of stretching, you know, maybe, you know, you just want to be followed on, you know, social media. Yeah, cruiserweight champion, yeah. Maybe secondary title, yeah. Uh, you know, Jungle Boy is still new and fresh. You know, can't look at somebody that size and think all, all of a sudden, yeah, future world heavyweight champion. Maybe in uh, Jungle Jack's Pro Wrestling and Ribs Federation, but on the big time, that's very, very way too early to say. And I'm not knocking Jungle Jack Perry, which is what his name should be. Uh, but that match, excellent, excellent tonight. Um, there was no way MJF was going to get that loss, but they really, you know, did well. And MJF, once again, when you're a heel in that position, methodical, cocky, nasty, dirty, you know, you don't have to do 800 flippy flippies, you know, excellent match. And by the way, a little fun challenge for everybody out there if you want to do this next week. I know a lot of you out there, oh, every time this, uh, every time on Raw they say Monday Night Messiah, take a shot. Next time you watch AEW, take a shot every time you hear the crowd go, oh, you know, almost like, was it Vinny the Dog from uh, Family Guy? Oh, oh. Go watch the opening match tonight. And just count how many times you hear the crowd go, oh, oh, almost like Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, 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 oh. You must have heard that 
maybe 80 times tonight. Now, look, the crowd's doing it. They're having a great time. Props. But it was a little much tonight. Oh, 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 oh. Am I annoying you yet? Oh. Anyway. I don't know if you guys saw New Japan Pro Wrestling, the new beginning that took place last week. Moxley beating Minoru Suzuki for the title. Remember last week? Good. Bad. Orange Cassidy Suzuki. Bad. Moxley Suzuki. Good. Two guys that just beat the shit out of each other. First time curse tonight. Beat the shit out of each other. Second time curse tonight. Then they immediately move it on to Zack Sabre Jr. Who attacked Moxley after. So now they're going to have a little bit of a feud. Now, during that event... They announced that uh, Wrestle Dynasty is going to be taking place Saturday, August 22nd at Madison Square Garden. No mention of Ring of Honor yet, but that is SummerSlam weekend. Now, SummerSlam is going to be in Boston. I don't know why people were making such a big deal because Boston and Manhattan are quite a ways away. Uh, but they are going to be in MSG for that weekend. If anything, I don't know where NXT TakeOver is going down on that weekend, but it's going to be interesting. Now, I agree with everybody else out there that say it's not news because it is not news, but you should know this already that Jericho and Moxley, if they work for New Japan, they can only work New Japan in Japan and they can't take dates in the United States. That's been done on interview recaps last year. So for anybody out there that thinks that Moxley and Chris Jericho are going to be wrestling, unless there's some agreement made with AEW New Japan by August, as of right now, they're not going to be competing. But that's not news. That should be already understood by everybody. Some people are making news out of that. And if you already understood their deals and some of the interviews they've done, you know that you should already know that. Now, um, next week in Korokan Hall, you have... Uh, Nakanishi, Manabu Nakanishi, he's going to be retiring. He's having his last ever match. He wrestled uh, last week, and that was the last appearance that he was making in Osaka. But uh, next week, it's actually going to be the main event. It's Nakanishi uh, teaming up with uh, Hiroshi Tenzan, Satoshi Kojima, and Yuji Nagata. They're taking on Hiroki Goto, Kota Ibushi, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Okada. So that, you know, should be a really good match. And they're going to pay a nice tribute to him as well. 27 years that guy's been wrestling. It's amazing how fast these years are going by, seriously. You know, it blows me away when I think back, especially with ECW, that I became a fan of ECW 27 years ago. I mean, that's just, when you actually just take a step back and think about that, that's a really awfully fast 27 years to go by like this. Even when I talk about me, when I go back to doing a wrestling hotline, this is my 23rd year doing this. If I want to be jerky about it, I, I tell people I'm, I'm in my fourth decade of doing this. The 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and now the 2020s. So I'm in my fourth decade. Do I look that old? I feel old sometimes. 
Um, I could care less about Miz threatening to quit WrestleMania, you know, if he doesn't main event WrestleMania, come on, Lewis, because we don't talk Raw or SmackDown here. But I will say this, if anybody's interested, next week on WWE Backstage, Keith Lee is going to be there. They announced it earlier tonight. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool to see Mark Henry do that little package talking about big, you know, men in wrestling and WWF over the years, WWE. And they put Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee in that boat as well because they're two huge guys. They're going to be battling it out at NXT Portland. And I thought that was a, a really good segment uh, this week. Now, NXT, I watched it as well. I thought it was a, an excellent show. My problem with the show is the same problem that I have said many times in the past. I have nothing against Bronson Reed. I have nothing against, nothing against Cameron Grimes. But I don't have that connection with them yet. I don't understand why Bronson Reed, even though Roderick Strong came out originally, cut a promo, he's pissed off at Velveteen Dream. Dream, I should have mentioned it last week. It totally, you know, didn't. I forgot. I had a brain fart and forgot. Loved the ravishing Rick Rude theme tights when he's got Roderick Strong's wife and his kids on the tights. I mean, you know, there was some people out there actually thought that Dream did that without Strong's permission. You know, God bless the innocent people out there like that. But I thought that was awesome. And it continued today because after Roderick Strong won his match, you had Dream on the screen talking about that if anything ever happens to Roderick Strong, that Dream will be there for his family. Get really getting into the psychological part. And, you know, it's excellent. But, 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 I don't understand Maybe someone could enlighten me on this. I don't understand why Bronson Reed and Roderick Strong are wrestling past 8.20 p.m. Too long. NXT's been guilty of this a lot. I understand they want to showcase their talent. I understand they want to give everybody a fair shot. But putting Bronson Reed in a match that long against Roderick Strong, Bronson Reed impressed big time. You see some of the moves that that guy does, you know, look at that crazy tope he did while the purple lights were on. You know, this guy could move, but to have that opening match with Roderick Strong for that long, I just, I couldn't get into it. To me, it was just way too long. Um, Another match that I thought was way too long was Johnny Gargano versus Cameron Grimes. Johnny Gargano was facing Finn Balor. And something, I get this feeling that Finn Balor and Gargano's match is going to be shorter than Gargano versus Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes should not be in a match that long against Gargano, who is about to face Balor. Gargano should have faced someone tonight and beat them in two or three minutes. You see what they did with Bianca Belair? It's Santana Garrett. Once again, I said, she keeps getting squashed like a grape. She got totally squashed tonight by Bianca Belair. This led to Belair and Rhea Ripley going at it a little bit. It was interesting that Belair ended up laying out Ripley, and the crowd was giving Belair a lot of love. You know, Rhea Ripley is over. I'm not saying that she's not. But, you know, I found that interesting tonight. But once again, I know some people out there complain that I don't talk enough about NXT. But if you really think about tonight... Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai had an excellent match, but that was all set up for Dakota Kai, who's going to you know, be wrestling this weekend against Tegan Knox, and that's going to be a street fight. 
And to me, you know, Dakota Kai should have won or got disqualified, you know, fighting, you know, street fight rules tonight or having, you know, it just two matches tonight went way too long. Again, Leo Rush versus, you know, uh, Angel Garza, number one contendership to take on Jordan Devlin for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, Leo Rush gets the win. A lot of people were surprised online. I was monitoring some social media. They thought Angel Garza, you know, cannot be touched right now because he's on Raw, even though I keep reminding people that he's filling Andrade's role right now to have that little little bit of Latino heat, you know, pun intended. Um, now, Angel Garza is hitting a home run right now. He's, he's making the most out of what he's doing. Um, I think some people thought that there was no way that Garza was going to lose tonight. Well, he did. Leo Rush gets the win. And next week on NXT, we're going to have Jordan Devlin versus Leo Rush for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. Next week as well, uh, there was another match that they were hyping up next week. Um, damn, I can't. Does anybody remember what the 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 other match is going to be hyped up for next week? But I, I did get a kick out of one thing when we had uh, Dakota Kai versus Candice LeRae. Uh, Mauro Ronaldo made a little comment saying that there's more drama in the NXT women's division than a Housewives reunion. Uh, Ronaldo was excellent tonight with his one-liners. But, oh, Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong. That's the match that's going to take place next week on NXT. I know a lot of you out there probably thought that that would be saved for a pay-per-view match. But, you know, they, they could still have a pay-per-view match down the line. Um, in fact, it may end up with a, 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 you know, a DQ finish because of what's going down. Now, NXT TakeOver Portland is going to be interesting for the simple reason that, you know, people are starting to think that the Undisputed Era is going to disband sooner than later. You know, we got Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair for the women's title. I'm, I'm going with Ripley to retain without a doubt. I hope we get to see Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair before WrestleMania. I don't care if it's NXT or SmackDown. You know, I want to see that three-way. I think that's the right thing to do for Bianca Belair because it felt like she was being overshadowed because they decided to start that confrontation with Ripley and Charlotte to me a week early. Finn Balor versus Gargano. Um, I just, I still feel like Finn Balor gets the win on this one. Gargano, even if he loses, I still think he wins. Um, I st I still think Balor will come out on top. Now, for the NXT tag titles, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne, the Broserweights, taking on the Undisputed Era of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. That's an interesting match because, you know, I, I would love to see that dynamic go further with Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle. They won a trophy. You know, yeah, the Dusty Rhodes Classic is a cool thing. But, you know, where does that go from here? I think giving them titles forces that dynamic to go further. I would like to see Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne get those tag titles over the weekend. And maybe that leads the storyline of the Undisputed Era teasing a disbandment sooner than later. Adam Cole defending the NXT Championship against Tommaso Ciampa. The very end of NXT tonight, because we had uh, Kushida take on Adam Cole. It was a non-title match, and it was a very good match. Um, Kushida doesn't get 
you know, as much of a pop as you would think here in the United States or, you know, NXT in Orlando, but Kushida is obviously top-notch talent. But, um, you know, he got near falls a couple of times, you know, had the arm bar on Adam Cole that it looked like he might be tapping out at some point, but Adam Cole does get the win at the end. When Tommaso Ciampa came out and they had the mic, you know, uh, pretty close to them and, you had him call saying that I'm not scared of you. And Tommaso Ciampa says that take over Portland. I'm going to get, I'm going to get my life back. And he was pointing at the title. I think Adam Cole retains the belt. I think there's going to be some type of a BS finish where this feud continues a little bit further. I think Adam Cole retains Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox in a street fight. Wow. You almost feel like Tegan Knox has got to get the win on this to kind of move on from this this feud, because this feud is intense, but it still feels like it falls flat a little bit. Maurice, yeah, I talked about Roderick Strong and Velveteen Dream next week. I talked about it about five, ten minutes ago. Uh, and Keith Lee defending the NXT North American title against Dominic Dijakovic. There's no way Keith Lee is losing this belt this early. So those are my predictions, in case anybody that wanted them. Um, I heard about Tynara Conti, Conti walking out of... WWE and NXT. I've seen some of the rumors online. I'm trying to actually get the actual complete story. Next week, hopefully, I'll have some information for all of you, and we'll, we'll get into it for sure. Um, Ring of Honor, and I think you would all get a kick out of this. First of all, the Briscoes did an interview with Sports Illustrated. Definitely go out of your way. If you're a fan of the Briscoes, they had a great interview talking about why they re-signed with Ring of Honor. But... We also have an event coming up March 14th in Las Vegas called Past versus Present. Some of the matches already announced, Xavier versus Jay Lethal, Matt Seidel and Alex Shelley versus Marty Scroll and Flip Gordon, Homicide versus Brody King, Doug Williams versus Jonathan Gresham. And this week, we had this little skit go down between the Briscoes. Yo, Chick. What's going on? Man, you know what I'm hype about. Tell me what you hype about. Did you hear about the show coming up in Las Vegas? ROH Past versus Present? Of course I did. Man, that's us all day long, that's, baby. That's gonna be incredibly hype. Man, I can't wait. Hey, listen to this, I got an idea. Tell me what you think, Bernie Bonner. I'm thinking that we bring back the very first match in ROH history. Why don't we do in that show, me versus Amazing Rick? Sound like a good idea. What you think, man? You versus Red? Yeah. One on one? Yeah. I'm trying to get up in there, man. Well, I got an idea along the same lines. Let's bring back Amazing Red's former tag team partner, the Phenomenal. Hey, Jay Styles. Hey, Amazing Red, AJ Styles. Them boys, let's run it back damn near 20 years later. What do you say? Hey, yeah. I mean, that would be hype sick, but I think AJ might be a little busy. So. You might be right. You might be right. Hey, however, however, while we on the topic of singles action. Yeah. You remember my first singles match? Boston Mass. Man. I whooped your ass. Man. You remember that? I mean, I mean, what was that? 18 years ago, man? Let's look at the, uh, the. But do you remember that? that? I remember, yeah. But do you remember all the other ass whoopers I give you? I remember a few. I mean, what, what's the total win-loss record between me and you? I'm pretty sure I'm up on you. I'm pretty sure it's me. I'm pretty sure I'm one up on you. I'm pretty sure it's me. It might be even, but I'm pretty sure I'm one up on you. 
How about our last match? Huh? The rockin' wrestling rager at sea chick. I whooped your ass on a boat in the middle of the ocean. How about that? I owe you for that one, matter of fact. What are you trying to say? Trying to say I got an idea. And what's that? Trying to say I'm gonna make a proposition right here, right now. Well, tell me what it is. Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. ROH, past versus present. Me versus you. What you say? Let's do it. Why are you squeezing so hard? Man? I ain't even squeezing. Hard. You, it felt like you squeezing. It felt like you squeezing. Think that's going to be phenomenal. Pun intended. That's that's going to be good, man. So for anybody out there, look, man. You know, I said this not too long ago. I don't think there's a wrestling boom. I think all these promotions are trying to fight for your money first. But wrestling is in a much better place than it was six months ago. Ring of Honor was competing with Impact as far as who was going to be dead first. Impact is trying to get a little bit further. Again, that Joey Ryan stuff, I'm very interested in. You know, Tessa Blanchard, she's the current champion. She's going to go at it with Ace Austin. I don't think there's any titles on the line. Um, you know, that's an interesting dynamic as well. You know, they got some solid foundation there. It's just they need to develop the identity. Again, that's something I've been talking about for over two years now with their identity being lost. So let's see where it goes. Um, now, I know a lot of you out there wanted me to talk about Tessa Blanchard's recent response to what Booker T said that I had shared on this show a couple of weeks ago. Um, she basically didn't give an answer. Uh, she just talked about how she's doing the job that she is paid to do and impact wrestling is, you know... And a lot of people called her out on that. And I understand some of you out there are very angry with her and are convinced that she, you know, used the, you know, the N-word in the past. Again, we don't know. I'm not defending her. I'm not criticizing her. But I think no matter what Tessa Blanchard says right now, it's not going to please a lot of people. And I watched what Tessa Blanchard said in that conference call when she did that interview and she basically said, look, she's got a job to do and she's trying to do it the best of her ability. I think that was the only answer that she could give. Because I don't, you know, like for the people out there that were criticizing that answer, saying, oh, that was a non-answer. Here's how I respond to all of you. Number one, what did you expect her to say? You're right, Booker T. I don't know why I'm in this position. I think it's ridiculous. Why would you put me, a, you know, a knockout as the champion? You expected her to agree? Did you expect her to disagree with Booker T and just totally go off on the guy and say that, you know, you don't want to cause controversy. Just like what I said earlier about Joey Ryan, Tessa Blanchard did not win. I hate to say it like this, but she did not win the title by a fluke and she did not hook the leg and not break it and won. You know, just like Paul Heyman would tease like, if Brock wants to win, he'll win no matter what. If you know what I mean, wink, wink. No, Impact Wrestling, it was their decision to put the belt on Tessa. Tessa is doing a job. She's trying to do it the best at her ability. Joey Ryan, at the end of the day, is doing a job. And if Impact Wrestling is the one that went in this direction, even if it was mutually agreed on, you know, they work for a company. And no matter what answer, Tessa Blanchard is trying to be professional about it. And again, I put the other incident aside for a minute and just based on her comments, there is nothing that she could have said 
that would have pleased everybody out there. If she agrees, she sounds like an idiot ripping her own company and not showing confidence in herself. If she goes against Booker T, then it starts up controversy. You know, she took the high road. I have a job to do. That's why when back in the day when I used to say criticize Impact TNA up and down the board and I had, you know, Bully Ray and others, you know, getting pissed off at me, you know, I, I said privately, I'm like, look, I don't expect anybody who works for TNA at the time to say, yeah, yeah, this guy's right. This, this sucks. You know, Tito Ortiz, warning, warning, warning. You expect, does anybody expect Anybody that works for a wrestling company that even if something is terrible or not good, do you expect that person to actually go public and say, yeah, you're right, this is terrible. You expect Nobody in AEW would do that. Nobody in Ring of Honor, MLW, NXT, WWE. You know, maybe once they're gone, they may criticize you. You're working for a company. You know, you're trying to be a team player. So, you know, I just... You know, I, I, that's why I don't want to get into that too much because you got to understand where the people are coming from. No matter what wrestler it is, no matter what company they work for, they're not going to go against the person who signs their check just because, you know, you feel a certain way or I feel a certain way. I mean, that's just the way it is. That's business. Um, Just to finish up quickly with Impact Wrestling, our uh, Congratulations to Rob Van Dam. Cauliflower Alley Club announced that he is going to be getting uh, one of their their highest awards, the Luthez Lifetime Achievement Award. I know some people out there think it's a little early because he's still wrestling, but Rob Van Dam's been wrestling for a hell of a long time. I have no problem with him getting that award at all. So, uh, and you know, I was talking earlier about uh, David Penzer coming back for. Their uh, No Place Like Home event, April 3rd in Tampa, Florida. They also announced that the King of the Mountain match is going to be returning on that event as well. Like I said, you go to any event in Florida, WrestleMania weekend, no matter what promotion it is, you're not going to have a bad time. Everybody's going out of their way to try to offer something different. Um, now, you think you could put on such a, a great themed card, WrestleMania weekend. Why is it so hard to do it for other months as well? Um, sure, you don't want to keep doing reunion shows where you're trying to create your identity, but, you know, if something really clicks, whether it's an MLW event or a Ring of Honor event or an Impact Wrestling event, if something really clicks WrestleMania weekend, carry it over, man. Carry it to further months. Continue it. So something's going to come out of those events that is not norm for those companies, and I'm hoping that they continue I don't know what it'll be, but something tells me you're going to see that happen. Now, um, as far as Ring of Honor, and I need to mention this as well, they're going to crown their first ever Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. Now, I know what you're going to say. Wait a minute. They had a Women of Honor Championship. Uh, yeah, they had women's champions, and Kelly Klein was the last one to hold it. Well, now they are crowning a new belt, the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. It's going to be uh, a 16-woman tournament. It's going to start Friday, April 24th at the former ECW Arena. The event is called Quest for Gold. And I have a feeling that uh, that event is going to be just women wrestling because there's eight 
first-round matches. Now, eight first-round matches is an awful lot of matches to have on a card. Unless you could have one, two-minute BS matches mixed in a couple of times, that might end up being a whole card. I don't think the entire tournament is going to be crowned that night. Um... Because when you think about it, if you could have eight first-round matches, that's going to narrow it down to eight women, which would be four semifinal matches or the second round. Then that leads to two, two matches, and that leads to one. So that's eight, 12, 15 matches. There ain't no way that tournament is going to crown a champion that night. No, I don't think it's Ring of Honor is the new AWA. Some of the women that are going to be in that tournament are going to be women that are not currently signed with Ring of Honor. And, you know, there's going to be some pretty big names on that tournament as well. So once we get the details, you know, we'll go over it over here. But again, you really look at it right now. No Fed is really doing a horrible job. Seriously. And I'm just, and yeah, I'm. people have noticed since January 1st and since going to video I am very, very positive on a lot of stuff. And there should be nothing wrong with that. You know, I know there's a phrase, misery loves company. And if you go on Twitter, you look at some profiles, and if you really pay close attention to some profiles, about 90% of what they say are insults, one-liners, attempts to get attention, knocks, digs. And like 10% of it is, you know, positive stuff. You take away all of that crap and they are left with nothing, zero. Me, I'm trying to be the opposite. It's 2020. I want this year to be a, a huge year for the Donzilla Army. And I got to tell you, man, we're a month and a half in of 2020. I don't think it could have gone any better for yours truly and for everybody out there. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with being positive right now. And again, I don't think any Fed right now is is doing a horrible job. Sure, we're getting WrestleMania season, but everything we've been plugging for the last month and a half is the current status. Now, it's going to be interesting a couple of months from now, and it might be sooner than later. And I guess we could spark a little bit of uh, controversy now because I don't know if any of you saw this, but uh, do you see this picture? Chris Jericho posting us on Instagram. Oh, he was just hanging out with EC3. And big things coming for this guy. And he happens to write all elite wrestling in there. So will EC3 end up being a member of AEW in 2020? Now, all these websites that we're talking about, uh, trademark controversy with EC3 and the WWE, that's nonsense. EC3 trademarked his name. You go on his social media, he actually even puts the TM next to it, just to not to rub it in, but just to show people he owns the trademark. He went out and protected his name. WWE tried to trademark it as well. They abandoned their attempt because EC3 already has it. EC3 did not do that to spite WWE. EC3 did not do that to get fired from WWE. I know a lot of us are frustrated with the way WWE has totally misused this guy. Thank God he's still young. He's got many years ahead of himself. But that trademark thing was EC3 protecting himself, not trying to screw anybody else. But EC3, you know, and you see Jericho post something like that and actually write all elite wrestling in there, you know that, you know, put it this way. Jericho would not have posted that 
if it were, it's not a, a Highlander, Royer McAllister. Was it was it Roy, Rory McAllister that time it was shown in the the impact, re, you know, the, in Orlando? If Chris Jericho thought that EC3 would have gotten in trouble for taking a picture with him and then writing at All Elite Wrestling in there, Chris Jericho would not have done that. Um, either EC3 told him, don't worry about it, I don't care. You know, or, you know, maybe EC3 and the WWE are pretty much done already. I don't know. But, it, you know, Chris Jericho is not spiteful and he's not naive either. He knows by posting the picture that I just showed all of you that it's going to spark, spark controversy, especially he wrote All Elite Wrestling. This isn't like Randy Orton in an elevator that just happens to say the word elite on it. So Randy Orton decides to troll people on social media. You had, you Randy Orton went fishing. And he caught so many goofs in the wrestling world that thought that he was legitimately teasing going to AEW. And you had all these goofs reporting it and talking about it. And I stood away from it. And um, then he signed. And then they didn't know how to cover themselves. Oh, AEW presented a, 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 an insane offer to Randy Orton. And WWE matched it. That was their way of trying to cover up the fact that they got trolled. A lot of WWE guys like to troll some of these websites out there, and they don't even realize they're being trolled. Uh, Emmett Mitchell, what's going on, my friend? What's going on? By the way, since we were talking about MLW earlier, I think you should go out of your way to check this out. WWE has a show called The Bump. I don't watch it. But somebody brought it to my attention, like, hey, you might want to check this out. Maybe you'll talk about it tonight. The most recent episode of The Bump, they had Tyson Kidd on there, they had Natty on there, they had Cesaro on simulcast, and they were talking about Tyson Kidd's career. Next thing you know, ML, MLW star uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. comes out, and he's on the WWE show The Bump. And you had Tyson Kidd and Cesaro and Davey Boy Smith Jr. all having fun, talking wrestling, Davey Boy Smith Jr. did a Bret Hart impersonation, which was hilarious. And, you know, he we already knew he looks good because we follow MLW also. But it was really cool to see him on that WWE show. Doesn't mean that he's going to be working for WWE anytime soon. But if you really want to see a cool moment, especially if you were a fan of Tyson Kidd and Davey Boy Smith Jr., D.H. Smith in the past, go check out the most recent edition of The Bump. Something tells me a lot of shows out there and websites are going to just totally ignore it because all they want to talk about is Raw. They only want to talk about is SmackDown because they don't watch anything else. We covered how many feds tonight? Everything we covered tonight. So don't forget, next week, you got Thunder Rosa versus Molina for the NWA Women's Championship. We'll find out next week where the location and the date of the Crockett Cup, which is going to be... Excellent. Uh, it's going to happen in April. We just don't know which day yet. We'll find out next week. Again, you know, NWA wanted to try to get 10,000 likes, and they would have revealed it early. I think what NWA didn't realize is, number one, 98% of the people that follow NWA are do not live where the Crockett Cup is going to take place. When I saw them write that, I immediately thought of Jacksonville Dixie. With that whole controversy where uh, AEW teased this huge announcement, all it was was a return back to Jacksonville. People in the Jacksonville area all pop for it. The 98% of the AEW fans that don't live anywhere around Jacksonville, they're like, that's the announcement? You remember, Tony Khan? 
oh, AEW, Twitter, we, we, we need to now give them another blockbuster announcement because this is not fair to the people. He knew what, what was going on. He's playing good cop, bad cop. It felt the same way with NWA. 98% of us aren't, don't live anywhere near where this Crockett Cup is going to be. So, all right, you're going to announce the location. Oh, we get 10,000 likes. We'll announce the location and the date earlier. Well, you know, it's going to be in April. Most likely, it's not going to be where I live. So, you want 10,000 likes? Bring back, tease to bring back into the fire theme. Something tells me a lot of your NWA fans would, in a second, select that. I don't like this docking music. Nothing, look, it's a cool song. I think of Beavis and Budhead, mid-90s. Then you have NWA, with all the retro stuff. NWA, when you look at it, feels 80s. That docking song is mid-90s. Doesn't mix. I don't know whose decision that was, but NWA needs to realize sometimes people make mistakes. If you admit you made a mistake by changing the song, you're not insulting Pantera. You're not insulting Dokken. You're not, you, you know, you made a mistake. Tease to bring it back. Unless there was something, you know, they would threaten that they couldn't play it anymore. You know, I wish they would come out and say that if that was the reason. But majority of you out there are with me on this one. I have a feeling that they will go back to that song. If there's nothing stopping them from doing it, I think they'll go back to that song. And uh, Sean Mooney now on there a couple of weeks. Loving it. Loving it. So anyway, uh, I said I wanted to go 90 minutes. We ended up going slightly under two hours, a little bit longer than I needed to. But obviously with the Teddy Hart arrest and a few extra things going on that I wasn't originally planning on getting into, that obviously took time. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. We pretty much almost had a flawless episode. Um, oh, by the way, a lot of you out there wanted uh, me to do this, and I obliged in case you didn't see it. I took the broom challenge, and even uh, Mini DT took the broom challenge. That's the latest thing now, the broom challenge. You know, it, you know, it's funny. I try to be lighthearted on social media, but, you know, you really think about it, it's pretty freaking sad, everybody. You know, you look at all these podcasters and you look at all these bloggers and writers in wrestling land. And then when you see like the, and I brought this up earlier, the 30 year challenge, the 20 year challenge, the 10 year challenge, the five year challenge, now even the broom challenge. Just take note of how many writers, bloggers, and podcasters who will not put anything up with that. And then you realize, that's why, you know, like I said, I'm staying away from this stuff going on with Bixen Span and Cornette. But when you see stuff like that come out, then you start understanding that a lot of these people out there are nothing of what they portray themselves to be. And then you realize that, you know, you're being used you know, to fill a void for certain people out there. Um, and I just think, you know, before you try to be an entertainer or whatever you're going to be and in media, you know, whether it's something serious or it's just lighthearted fun in the sports world, when you have to hide yourself that much, you can't even do a broom challenge. 
you know, I mean, something goofy where you just take a selfie next to a broom, that should, you know, pay, should, you should pay close attention to stuff like that. I mean, it's just, you know, it, what's the big deal? That's what blows me away. I think some people are take life way too seriously. Yeah, it's easy for me to say now because I'm on video. But, you know, I mean, throughout the years, I've always posted some photos of stuff here and there, little video things. But I think some people just take this stuff way too seriously. And uh, I want to see some of them take this broom challenge. It's just, I don't know what people are so afraid of. You know, posing next to a broom? I don't know, man, but I'm out of here. I'm running out of things to talk about, obviously. So I hope you enjoyed this show again. I will be back next week. Now, remember... I will not be on Friday night for the Don Tony show. It is Valentine's Day. And because of that, I will be out for the evening. And hopefully when I get home, you maybe get a little bit of, uh, you know, happy ending, if you know what I'm talking about. So Friday night will be with my significant other. Um, for Patreon, I will be doing an episode of blah, 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 probably on Sunday. If there's enough to talk about, I may come on YouTube today for maybe half an hour, an hour, just to talk about stuff. But you got to keep in mind, I have a DTKC show this coming Monday. So one thing I don't like doing is getting into stuff on Friday and repeating it on Monday. So if there's not a whole lot going on, then, you know, you'll see me on Patreon Sunday, and then I'll be back Monday for the DTKC show. I know some of you out there were asking if there was going to be an NXT Portland recap, and um, that's on Sunday. Possibly, I'm not sure yet. You know, I, I, I am definitely watching it, but I may save it for uh, Wednesday Night Dynamite next week. So we'll see, we'll see. Like I said, you know, this is a huge jump to go from audio from 22 years to now video, and this video is permanent now. I, I am all video, all going forward. But I don't want to force it, and I don't want to overdo it too soon. I want things to build uh, slowly. So we'll see. But I will always keep everybody uh, alerted on social media. And if you follow me, you just subscribe to my YouTube channel, you will see notifications when the next shows are, are live. And I always try to do that a day or two in advance so you have advance notice. So we'll play it by ear, but definitely Friday, I will not be around. So everyone, um, if you are involved in a relationship, happy Valentine's Day, enjoy it. Even if you're not in a relationship, you know, don't get down and in the dumps, you know, just do something you enjoy, you know, whatever it is, just have fun and you know, I mean, there's, there were many years that yours truly had no Valentine, you know. I, to me, it's, you know, almost like another day and I got to buy chocolates and I got to buy this and this and that. And, you know, at some point we're all single. So nobody should feel lonely or feel like an outcast. And nobody's lonely out there. We all have each other. And I'm not just saying that to pander. You know, we all got friends online and, uh, you know, it's just another day at the end of the day. So anyway, I'm out of here. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, everyone. All the best as always. And I will catch you all again one week from today with your next edition of Wednesday Night Dynamite. Take care, everybody.
John O'Mai. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you hit the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. John O'Mai. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? Get the fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don O'Mai. You can have fun. You really are. Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nebbia. Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nebbia.